This week, Android is opening up, E3 is closing down, CMG Local wants your privacy, and Mickey Mouse wants to be yours. It is Monday, December 18th, 2023, and this is episode 660 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, or Snapchat, through our live streaming services, livestream.com, Twitch, our new friends on Kick, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or of course, on our website, plunketslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. Uh, normally, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay as well. Plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. Oh, slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plugkids Live presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Hey, everyone, it's good to be back. Uh, some personal stuff had us off last week. It's always good to be back. How are you doing? Yeah, good to be back. Uh, pretty good. Pretty okay. Uh, Not always the decent. case this time of year. So uh, it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, not my favorite. But uh, but it's... It's it's fine. I mean, I'm excited to, to be getting ready for uh, CES, which will be my first time at CES in a few years, and that will, you know, and I'll be getting there on Sunday the seventh. So, uh, you know, yeah, because cool. You right? were out 21, 22, 23. 24 will be your first time back in a while. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will be my first time back in a while. So uh, it'll be my first uh, trip in a business trip in a while too. So that's uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, hopefully, I am too. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be good. I'm I'm really looking forward to it this year for lots of reasons. Yeah. So. One of which being that you get to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really psyched to see everybody, to see you especially, and uh, and so uh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be cool to be there. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, you guys obviously will have uh, coverage all week and beyond on Tom's Hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no 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 doubt about it. Uh so no, it'll be uh it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of work, but it'll be good and uh look forward to it. And then we will have uh we will be live prop wherever you're watching this right now. If you're uh you'll probably be able to watch us live. Um we will have I think what just over 30 hours of 
of uh, live coverage plus all the floor stuff. So there will be tons, tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, Kirk will be back. I'm very excited. Um, our regulars might notice that he and I have not done a show together in a year. Actually, I think a year today. Um, so some people had asked, will Kirk be part of it? Yes, he will. Very happy about that. Um, and Chris Jordan's back this year. Uh, he wasn't with us last year, but he uh, pinch hit for me in 22. Uh, <laughs> Chris ran the uh, the Vegas studio while I ran this studio, which I very much appreciated. Without, without him, we couldn't have done 22. So it'll be good to have him back. Big team this year. Very much, very much looking forward to it. Um, but we've got a lot of stuff going on now. Uh, I've got videos coming this week, next week. Um, some reviews going up as well. So that'll all be under, uh, how to and unboxed and then under the reviews to so check that out. Uh, that'll be for the next couple of weeks until CES gets started. Uh, you said you're going to be out there on Sunday. I think we're going out on Thursday. Thursday, um, have a couple of days of calm before we have to set up our studio on Sunday. I think you might be muted there, bud. Sorry. That's what I prefer, but, uh, it's not, uh, you know, our company decided to book people, uh, for Sunday instead. So, you know, I, Normally, I like to get there on Saturday and leave on Friday, but this year it's a little bit uh, less. So, you know, it's going to be, I could sort of say it's going to be like, you know, um, <sighs> a hit it'll run. be okay. It'll be, it'll be, you know, quick, uh, but nevertheless, uh, you get to be make there. the most of the time we have. Get to be there, so. So definitely looking forward to it, but uh, we got some news to get to tonight since we were off last week. Yep. Uh, so let's get down to it. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Just as a note, we are trying out Instagram Live tonight. Um, I did not realize that our service doesn't automatically turn it. So if you're hearing this on Instagram, uh, go over somewhere else. Go to f5live.tv slash join us. Anyway, uh, a topic we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years has been the ongoing lawsuits between Epic Games and the uh, mobile companies, Apple and Google, um, over antitrust behavior. Uh, in particular, Epic Games uh, has complained that the uh, 
Fees that Apple and Google charge on their payment systems are too high, um, but because they want to be on the platform, they're not allowed to use other payment systems. Um, they sued both companies after they implemented their own payment system anyway and uh, got removed from both uh, Google Play and the App Store. Uh, the suit with Apple went through first, but this week uh, the Google suit um, got its verdict. And interestingly, it could not have been more different than the results of the Apple suit. In Apple, there were 13, I think, um, uh, charges. Uh, 12 of them were found in Apple's favor. Only one was found in Epic Games' favor, and that was the payment processing, the primary complaint that started it all. Um, in the Google case, however, 100% in favor of Epic, um, which was surprising. There were not the same 13 complaints, though. I think there were 11 in this one. Yeah, there were 11 in this one, but it was a unanimous yes in favor of Epic on all 11 complaints from all uh, jurors. So a very different uh, result than in the Apple case. Uh, Epic has appealed in the Apple case. Google almost certainly will appeal in, uh, in this one. So none of this is done, although the payment system changes theoretically are supposed to be coming to Apple possibly any day now, maybe the beginning of the year, because um, I think they lost their injunction to hold it off until the appeal. So when the Apple appeal comes, there will be this precedent from Google, in addition to the almost exact precedent from Apple, the whole thing's fascinating. I have no idea what's going to happen next in this Abram. It it seems like it's the most unpredictable thing ever, even more than the Google Oracle thing was. Yeah, who can say? I mean, Google has had some uh, poor, uh, I don't know, luck in court. Uh, it's hard yeah. to say whether Apple, uh, whether Apple will, you know, will prevail and Google will continue to prevail. I mean, it's uh, there's certainly been a lot of negative attention on Google lately. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see, but I mean, they're also. They've also been, I'm not sure how this has come out, but they've also, uh, aren't they also being sued by the FTC mm -hmm. for, uh, for uh, AdSense, for things that are going on with Google AdSense? Uh, both with Google AdSense and um, uh, search results as a whole. Uh, the fact that they prioritize YouTube results over more relevant video results and something else. They were, I think they were all lumped together. Or like prioritizing their AI plagiarism over quality results. Um, there also has been some controversy lately. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this where they've been all of a sudden they've been very highly ranking Google groups. Like, did you even remember Google Groups exists? Uh, Google yes, Groups, actually, apparently. I have an active Google group. So, oh. yes, 
I do remember okay, its existence, good. but I'm good, one of very I, few. But I had forgotten it exists, but apparently, at least for one of the recent updates, it really, uh, all of a sudden, a lot of sites were losing traffic to things that were going to Google Groups, which is weird, because I didn't even think that Google cared about Google Groups anymore. Right. I, f- fair. I'll, there's no mobile app for it. The mobile website looks like the first gen beta of Gmail. Like it's several UI layers ago. It's yeah. it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that Google has forgotten exists for sure. Right. But somehow their algorithm didn't forget it. I I I kind of almost feel like this is probably not an on purpose because they don't seem to care very much about about it. So about the product. So why would they be be pushing it on purpose? Hundred you know, percent. Unless right all of a sudden they do care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd have to see. We'd have to see a mobile app come out before I'd believe that they care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's definitely interesting. Um, anytime you have essentially two lawsuits from the same company against two different companies over nearly identical behavior, right down to the percentages, and the results are so opposite, it's... It, it set, certainly sets up a lack of actual legal precedent, right? There, you can't go to a higher court and then go, well, you know, over here, because you can go, oh, yeah, but over here. There, there, is no, there is no good solid precedent here. Essentially, the cases almost negate each other as far as an appeal is concerned. So... I feel like they're kind of back to square one, except for the fact that there's the possibility that Google has to actually implement changes in Android um, to comply with whatever the punishment phase is, which I don't think has happened yet. Uh, I guess the thing that separated the Android case from the Apple case is the additional hardware manufacturers because one of the one of the big situations was that uh, in I think 2014 Google started requiring um, the Android and Google brand and or Google branding which evolved over the years but the Android or Google branding on boot up and something else in order to have access to the Play Store at all plus um, no pre-installed third-party apps except for a home uh, app store. So Samsung has theirs. But outside of that, you can't have other app stores. And I think that was one of the big differences that caused trouble for for Android here. Um, Because Apple is a totally closed loop. They're in charge of everything. Hardware, software, operating system, it's all 
payments, you know, it's, it's all them as opposed to Google that also has partners. And I think that ended up hurting them, um, in reading some of what, uh, what the judge said before, during and after the case. Um, I think that ended up being a problem for them. So there is a bit of difference, I guess, in an appeal, but it seems like as far as Epic is concerned, it's, it's kind of a clean slate going into appeals. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like either one helps them too much, except in an appeal for Google where, you know, they've already won on those particular merits. But I mean, obviously we're going to keep following this. It has, it, it holds a lot of potential for change, particularly in the Apple ecosystem. If an appeal goes the same way as Google, um, for payments, for app stores. Epic wants its own game store on Android and iOS. That's my... Right. Yep. They they want the Epic game store to be available everywhere, including your phone and tablet. Um, and Google and Apple don't. I mean, it is on, P- it is on PC, so... Uh-huh. You know. Right? So... Yep. So, w- we'll see what what comes of all of this um again it's not going to be a short thing um you know when you look at what happened with uh with google and oracle that thing took what a decade to resolve and made it up to the supreme court yeah this is going to be forever yeah this is going to take a long time and any any changes will likely take time past that as well so for now Epic has their win, whether or not um, Google will have to make any changes in the meantime before an appeal is uh, anybody's guess. Um, But we'll keep watching it because there's a lot of potential uh, changes that could come out of it. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, so some new stuff happened this week, Avram, and I I think you might have yes. Some stuff so to show. we are at so normally at this time of year when you're talking about like right you know a week before Christmas, you don't normally see new products coming out. Uh, you don't normally see a whole uh, big release, but we did. Uh, Intel released its new Intel uh, Core Ultra CPUs for laptops, which are otherwise known as Meteor Lake. Uh, they are not branded as Core i5 and Core i7. They are Core Ultra 5 and Core Ultra 7. Um, it seems that 
at some points, I think they're still going to at some point have some chips that are I, core I something, but uh, they're trying to get rid of the I branding. Anyway, what's special about these Meteor Lake chips, and we have now already seen the announcement of, I think, four or five laptops from four or five different companies that have uh, have the chips in them is that they have, uh, they're the first uh, mainstream chips, uh, Intel chips anyway, that have a neural processing unit in them. So you've got, so there's the regular cores and in the Intel world, there's they have two kinds of cores, right? They have uh, performance cores and efficiency cores. And they've had that for like the last couple of generations now. And now there's also, there's the integrated GPU and then now there is an NPU, NPU whose purpose is to do um, to do AI processing, to do it more power efficiently and faster than the regular processor can do it. Uh, and on laptops where normally they just they would just take a really long time to do something, uh, now they might be able to do it in a competent amount of time uh, locally. And what I mean to do something, I mean to do something to do local AI, uh, local generative AI um, or other forms of AI. Uh, as we know, a lot of AI right now takes place in the cloud. You have, you know, you want to have an image generated. You go to a site like Stable Diffusion and you use their services. Uh, you want to have a chat, you go to ChatGPT. Uh, and you use their services, uh, and it's all taking place in the cloud. But there's a lot of drawbacks to the cloud. Besides the fact that you need an internet connection, a lot of these things are, use up a lot of processing power. So uh, if they're not charging for them currently, they will be charging for them. Uh, obviously, uh, there's some really serious privacy issues uh, with anything that you, you know you're helping to train their bots every time you use them and. They could have information about you. So obviously, um, if you want to use AI to do anything from generating an image to transcribing a, an audio recording uh, to uh, making some music for you, uh, it would be better if we could do those things locally. Well, that is what the NPU is for, because otherwise, to do things locally, you need a pretty powerful graphics card which uh, a lot of people don't have on their desktop, let alone on their on their laptop. And all of these are laptop chips. So I wanted to show some of the local things that you could already do. Now, let's be clear. You don't need one of the new laptops to do them. You can actually do them on any computer. Uh, it's just that the new laptops have the NPU, which provides somewhat better performance. In fact, let's see how much. So I have one of these laptops I'm connected to over uh, over uh, TeamViewer, and hopefully we don't get cut off from my connection while I'm sharing my screen. But I've had this uh, because it's, this laptop is not in my house. It's in one of my coworkers' homes, and I don't even know if he's around right now. He's just left it for me to, to do. So uh, what we have here is we have GIMP. Uh, which is a popular image editor that many uh, many people are familiar with. And there is a stable diffusion, which we know is an image generator plugin for it. Um, 
So I'm going to um, I'm going now. This would run. This runs on any. This will run on any computer, right? It, it, you don't need uh, the NPU, and it runs decently on um, without the NPU. In fact, here we are. We're going to have it create a square image for us, and I'm going to have it use the CPU, not the NPU, uh, for this. I'm giving it a very simple instruction: cat driving a car. I'm going to hit generate. Um, so um, you'll see it's going to take about a minute maybe 50 something seconds to do that, to generate this image. Um, I don't love this model, the square in eight, because it makes everything look like a painting, but the photographic ones, the photographic models don't give you the option of using the NPU. So I'm gonna do this with the CPU, and then I'm gonna go do it with the NPU so you can see the difference in time. The difference in quality, there's not gonna be one. It's just gonna, you know, it's gonna be the same level of, of quality, uh, uh, but it, you're going to have um, it happen faster. So so you see it's almost done. This isn't that bad, right? I mean, this is using the CPU, and older CPUs aren't that much slower than this uh, when you're using the CPU. They might be about the same, like a 13th gen Intel, the prior gen was about the same speed. So there's our cat on a car. And, it, and how long did it take us? Well, we can see here it took 59 seconds. If you add the decoder part, it's another five seconds or whatever, but it took 59 seconds to do the processing. Now, if we go and we go again, there's a bunch of different plugins here, by, by the way. There's uh, style transfer, super resolution, which upscales things, and uh, segmentic semantic segmentation, which is does some kind of color changing thing. But to be honest, the other ones don't take more than a second and they don't really time it. So the stable diffusion is the good uh, good test. So you see here, we can go here and we can change two of these uh, settings to NPU. When we do that, we have to reload the model, which takes a few seconds. Um, and then we can do this again and you'll see that it's going to take significantly uh, less time. Also, while we're doing that, let's have a quick look at our task manager and see what's going on. So you see here in our performance manager, the CPU is only being taxed at like 10%, which is not much, but there's an NPU here and it's going at 100%. So this is more power efficient. If you were doing it on battery, you would care. Um, this allows better multitasking because your CPU cores are not being taxed here and your GPU is not being taxed. It's the NPU that's made for this stuff. Um, so while I was talking, it finished, right? Again, I don't love the these kind of picture style. I more prefer, this is what it looks like if you can do it, uh, if you do the photographic version model, but the photographic model for some reason isn't available with an, an, the option to use the NPU. So I'm... Um, I'm just showing these to demonstrate the performance, not because it looks fantastic. Um, but anyway, you can see this one took 31 seconds. So we had an improvement. Uh, it was nearly double the speed by using the NPU. So, and without you without taxing the rest of the rest of the computer. So that's what that's what the NPU is doing. 
another example of something that you can do uh, that you can do locally, and again, you could do this today, uh, is Audacity. So uh, Audacity, uh, for those who don't know, is a, uh, is a free uh, audio editor. And there are several different uh, plugins. That, these all come from Intel's OpenVINO project. Um, so first of all, there is a music generator. So if I do OpenVINO music generation, um, this I can also assign to the NPU or to the GPU. Uh, I'm going to say that I want uh, 30 seconds of jazz. Um, for some reason, the interpolation steps work much better if it's six than the default, which was 10. And I'll make this go, and it'll take, never mind this calculation, it'll take about three minutes, right? So that, um, so while that's going, um, you can, you can see that there's other things. Uh, I got another window here. There's other things that you can um, that you can do with your audio. If you, for example, uh, import import audio, right? You can um, use whisper transcription. Um, oh, you have to select. Sorry. You can use whisper transcription. Now, this window over here is actually on my local computer, so you can see NPU is not an option but it's still gonna work fine. Uh, GPU is not going to actually use the GPU because anything that is made by Intel with OpenVINO is only compatible with Intel GPUs. So unless you have an Intel Arc GPU, uh, it's not going, the GPU is just gonna use, if you choose GPU, you're just gonna get CPU. But anyway, even, even so, it's only gonna take about 50 seconds. Um, it's, a, it's only gonna take about 50 seconds and then we're gonna get our transcription. How Meanwhile, the, the music. How long is the audio you're trying to do? Oh, 23 minutes. Perfect. 23 minutes. But I want to point out I have not figured out how in this uh, tool to make it use a better model. This is using the Whisper. So, for those who don't know, Whisper is, a fr is OpenAI, the same people behind ChatGPT, make Whisper. And um, wait, what happened? Did it give me? Oh, right. Oh, oh, this is. I'm sorry. I'm one thing and the other. All right. So this is my jazz, my jazz playback, which unfortunately is on a rope, rope machine. I don't think we can actually hear the audio. But um, if you look at how long it took to generate, this is 30 seconds. So the music was 30 seconds of audio, right? And that took 102 seconds to to process with the MPU it takes about 30 seconds more without the NPU. Now, this other thing that I'm doing here with the uh, with the audio, I mean with the uh, transcription, that is 23 minutes of, of an interview that uh, one of my coworkers did. And we can go to the log and see how long that took us. And the log says 60.9 uh, 60, 60 seconds to do 23 minutes of audio into text. But I should caution that this uses the uh, base model of um, the, the, the base model of Whisper. Uh, you see it says um, base. I, I have to figure out how to actually make this do like the large model 
because the quality of the transcription is better if it's a large model and that will take longer um but you can see this was on my this was on my desktop and it did 60 seconds what it does on the npu is about 50 seconds on the laptop so you can see that you get um you know you get a lot of uh there you go um so you get a lot of um performance out of having the npu it allows you to do all kinds of stuff. Another thing that you can do with it, um, for example, is if you have a noisy audio, this still takes like 10 minutes even with the NPU, uh, but you can select the audio. This is again, the same 23 minute clip had a big you know, noisy background. You can do a noise suppression that works really well. You can tell it to remix the style of the audio um, or even to separate, uh, separate into different um, tracks. Um, so those are all things that you can do uh, with, and it's all taking place locally uh, after you've downloaded the models the first time. Uh, you, it doesn't require the internet. It doesn't ping the cloud. Uh, so uh, these, you know, again, these tasks are are still, um, you know, they're optimized for Intel. So if you did, um, you know, if you want to run them on your GPU. You have to find a different plugin or a different app to do it. Um, there's a lot of, uh, how can I put this? A lot of, uh, there's the standards aren't quite there in terms of who, you know, which hardware support for these things. So, um, I mean, the, the Intel stuff will work with AMD and it will work, but it just won't take, it's not optimized. Although ironically, we tried these same workloads on some AMD laptops that have their own AI processor, and they did really, really well. Um, on things, it doesn't allow you to select the NPU on them because it doesn't recognize an NPU because uh, it's not called an NPU on AMD or whatever. It doesn't recognize a, an AI processor on them, but it actually outperformed the AMD chips, actually outperformed the Meteor Lake chips in let, uh, when both were just set to CPU. So, um, so, you know, pretty, pretty decent performance, but I think the idea is you'd be doing more locally, uh, more local AI. Now, obviously I have mixed feelings about people using generative AI to do things. Uh, these are just a couple of examples of things you could do with generative AI. One of the things that we were told is a big deal by, I think Intel is pushing this and Lenovo who we met with are pushing it. Uh, well, or I don't know if they're pushing it, but mention it is Rewind AI, which is like an episode of Black Mirror. Have you heard of Rewind AI, Scott? So I've I've heard the name. I just don't remember what it is. It does sound Black Mirror -y just from its name, though. Okay, so Rewind is so right now it you can get it for iOS but they are making it for windows and they are also making a, a, a pendant you can wear. So what it does is it screen grabs everything that you do all day long and then, and, and, and logs it. And, and then uh, you can ask it questions based on your day, uh, based on what you've done and it will answer you and, or, 
it will also put things on a to-do list or or whatever um so it is watching you at all times and to make it even worse they want to uh come out with they're coming they claim that they're coming out with a pendant like that you wear around your neck that's always recording and feeding via i guess i guess it's feeding via bluetooth to your phone um and and so like if somebody says to you like oh hey honey can you pick up you know pick up the kids at 3 p.m it'll it'll decide to put that on your calendar or whatever or you probably you know uh, it, it rem it'll remember everything that was said in your vicinity. Uh, it is a uh, privacy uh, nightmare, in my opinion. But the um, it's fascinating. But we're gonna we're yeah. literally gonna talk about something similar later. Oh yes, show. yes, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So you've got no privacy in this world. But but how many people are kind of walking into like deliberately violating, asking, please? Let me let me and everyone around me have no privacy. But yes, to not get distracted just a from conspiracy the, uh, theory. Yes, <laughs> now you're part of the conspiracy. Also, don't you remember when all the people were being like the glass hole stuff, where yep. people were very upset about, you know, about oh hey, I'm really worried that people who are wearing Google Glass are going to record me and I'm going to have no privacy. Meanwhile, Google Glass has a light on it. It's very low. It was a very low resolution. Yeah. Like there, fast fast this food is restaurants like, banned them in the restaurant and in the drive-through. I mean, I'm not saying it was a good good thing, but I'm I'm just saying like there. Now we're asking to have. Now we. I mean, granted, they haven't come out with their pendant yet, so who knows how that's going to go over. But mm -hmm. the idea is that. At the very least, it will read your entire computer screen. Um, yeah. So no. everything that you do, every chat, whatever, uh, it'll be watching you. Yeah. And this, no, but no way that could possibly be a problem for you know someone like us that gets embargoed content and. <laughs> right. I mean. I mean. Terrible. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, the fact that you're going to use your NPU to do all this processing is going to be really good for, um, uh, you know, keeping it private, I guess, because then maybe the data can't leave your device. On the other hand, my understanding about rewind is that it's supposed to also synchronize across your devices. So how can that happen if it's staying on your device? Like, I don't know. We haven't, that stuff is in some beta that is apparently not available to the public yet. So I cannot say for sure how how bad it's going to be, but it sounds extremely creepy. But if we take the creep out of it and we just stick to the technology uh, for a second, the having it basically look at everything on your screen and not read it as like uh, text, but apparently read it like OCR almost, like pixel by pixel, uh, what is coming onto your screen, um, and then use that to learn about you um and i guess help you um requires a fair amount of processing power so having an npu to offload that on uh, i guess would be helpful with that kind of workload i am currently reading their privacy policy uh 
it it was one of the there was an FAQ at the bottom of the page. It was like, what about my privacy? Your privacy is very important to me. Click here for more information. Like, okay, I will. And, yeah. Um, the guy who runs uh, Rewind was on stage with uh, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger back in, in Intel Innovation in September and kind of hinted at this and was like having was sort of hinting that maybe both he and Gelsinger where hearing aids was kind of hinting at maybe the hearing aid would be able to record things. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's kind of... If it's a Bluetooth connected hearing aid, of course it could. Yeah, right. I guess any. I mean, I guess the point isn't that they, you need special hardware, right? Any anything can record, uh, and I think we'll get to that in a minute, right? Um, uh, so, who knows? I guess I'm just saying it is a little bit on the messed, uh, the messed upside. Yeah. Um, let's. Now, I don't know if this is going to work, but real quick, I'm going to try to play. I'm going to see what happens if I attempt to play the jazz. Can you hear that? No. 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 I think it's I think I think it's coming out of. Um, instead of instead of coming out of my we want it to come to loop back, right, to come mm-hmm. out of the. Uh, that's always a challenge. Uh, uh, recording device, playback device. Can I do that? Uh, all right, never mind. I was going to play you the well, exciting uh, Casio Music Maker like uh, <laughs> um, song that we made. Um, well, if you save the file and send it over to me, I can uh, play it in the final version of the episode. Okay. Okay. Well, We'll do that. I will. I will save it. Believe me, believe me, folks. You're not really missing anything because it sounds like uh, it's. It sounds like one of the buttons on. You know, like I don't know if you as a kid had a Casio music maker. My my daughter has one now. I mean, it's not really technically Casio, but you know what I mean. And they had the little like beats that you could get it to play by hitting the button at the top. Um, that's what it sounds like. Uh, I've got one in the room so, here somewhere. You know, I don't know where so it is, but there's there's one uh, somewhere in this room. <laughs> so it it doesn't sound good. I'm not saying it sounds good <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but uh, so it's it's not going to be but, new theme music. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know what though, what I didn't do, okay, is I didn't have I did a very simple thing that was 30 seconds, and I only had six steps. If you have more steps, I think you can. Um, I think you can do more uh, with the sound. I mean, gotcha. I it's use it. What I would, did was using stable audio, which is Stable Diffusion's. Uh, here I'm. At. I actually sent this to you on Facebook, so you can uh, you can play it whenever you want. All thirty second uh, loop of this, but um, anyway, yeah, the. Uh, it's not it's not great, but at the same time, I could see somebody using it uh, if they made a slightly better loop for a vid- for online video because it's ex- it can be expensive to license uh, music loops. Yeah. And so, um, 
but you know that's that's the difference between generative AI, which is usually stealing something. Although this kind of generative AI, I I, I have to say, no one would would call, accuse of stealing because it's so bad, no one would take credit for the original, um, <laughs> except maybe Casio. Yes, Casio could come. I mean, it probably sounds like something. Um, yeah, but uh, and anyway, so. I guess what I guess what I'm saying is uh, new laptops are coming have come out and are more coming out with Intel's chip, what it with Intel's new um, Meteor Lake Core Ultra chips, uh, what that heralds is the beginning of having neural processing units uh, directly in your CPU, which uh, is good for doing this type of AI processing locally. Which if you're going to do AI processing, doing it locally makes a lot of sense although there is an interesting question about how many people really want these features and how much they're going to need to do some of them locally like yes I, we want our privacy but at the same time i don't know if people care about privacy of their ridiculous audio loop um yes people want their privacy for chat gbt which you can't run locally um but uh, you don't, do you need your privacy to like blur, to use AI to blur the background on your, on your videos? I mean, that is already most chat software and streaming software already has that built in. You don't necessarily need an NPU to handle that, but nevertheless, it will help you with that. So, um, you know, I guess we'll see, but it is. I think it's kind of groundbreaking and a landmark that you're seeing kind of a new part of the processor uh, debuting that is dedicated to AI processing. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. I don't know if this is gonna work. Pretty Cassio-y, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's my, uh, that's my, that's the 30 seconds that we, the uh, music uh, that we made. You could see that you could kind of loop it, right? Yeah. You could sort of loop it and then you'd, you'd have, I mean, I, I don't, I don't love that one. Uh, I will say the one thing about the music <laughs> The music prompt, which we didn't talk about, is yeah. that it is not, it is not really, um, doesn't seem to be aware of artists. So when you ask it like, hmm. oh, hey, give me a, something that sounds like ACDC, it doesn't know what that is. Okay. If you, I mean, it doesn't say it doesn't know, it just doesn't give you something In that's, that style. that's correct. Or, or like songs, right? So like I asked it for a song that sounded like Ghostbusters and it had a song that sounded like a bunch of ghosts. Um, or okay, I asked it for Taylor Swift and it just had like a high-pitched like static or something. So it 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 knows genres. So you can say it, like It could have jazz, been social commentary. Rock. Yeah, I, don't, I tried a bunch of different things. It... Jet, 
jazz, rock, whatever you can uh, put. And if you put the okay. name of the person and jazz or rock, it just gives you jazz or rock. So like, you know, okay. It, anyway, it's so it, it, I don't know whether this is deliberately not infringing on musicians or just the fact that it's not that great, but you can't say like, oh yeah, give me a song that sounds like Katy Perry's California Girls or something. Like, it, it's not it's not um, that smart. Gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, it could be because it's simple. It could be because uh, they're trying to avoid getting in trouble. It, you're right. It could be either. Yeah, and also remember that this is all happening locally, so how much did you have to download? How much of a size of a model did you have to download? Maybe a couple. True. I think it was maybe maybe two gigabytes. So not not huge, you know, not the whole corpus of music history there. Yeah. True enough. Not even um, the corpus of Casio, probably. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've got to find mine because now I want to compare them. Anyway, um, I imagine since you've got hardware, you guys have been writing about this or will be soon. Yeah, so we're going to have a story up uh, tomorrow or the next day. Yes. Yeah, so we have some stories up about the new chips, about Meteor Lake on Tom's Hardware. Uh, but what I've been working on today, actually, is is benchmarking. So hmm. um, so you can see... Um, you can see what's um you know what's go um my article about that very soon where you'll see how um you know how it's uh what the performance difference is between this with an npu without an npu uh, intel versus amd versus the last gen you'll see um you know you'll get a, a flavor for how um how it performs but um yeah so that's what we're looking at really is is the performance well that for me that's the most interesting part is the 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 performance between them because obviously you know the output again very casio-y but the the idea that there's this now dedicated hardware even locally that you can uh that you can leverage for for certain stuff pretty cool idea uh, I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. And, of course, Avram, I appreciate the information and look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa.
Well, this week, the uh, least surprising announcement of December was made, and that was that E3 is officially done. Um, there has not been an E3 in uh, several years now. The pandemic hit them hard um, because what we learned was that without E3, nothing changed. Um, the The experience of of learning about new games and all of that changed. If it changed at all, it changed for the better, which was a massive uh, blow to E3 that had at one point been like the high point of the year. But, you know, the big three started to realize that that their participation wasn't entirely necessary. They could do their own events. You know, uh, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft all have their own branded gaming uh, showcases that they do several times a year. Um, the studios have started doing their own showcases. So this one time everybody gets together um, to be in a room for a press conference where you can't actually write from there because like what we experience at CES when too many of us get together, the cell towers die. So you end up writing later. Um, so the people who are watching it remotely actually get their stuff up first which isn't a win. And then when you get to the actual show floor, you stand in line for an hour and a half to play a two and a half minute demo that doesn't make your the thing you're writing any better. So you've just wasted time. So it, it really wasn't a better experience. Um, you know, what they've done digitally the last couple of years, uh, you know, the Summer Games Fest, they... They show off a thing, a demo goes up on PlayStation or on Xbox or PC or wherever. Anybody can demo it. And you don't even have to put pants on to cover the press conference. I mean, overall, better experience. Um, you know, we had our own negative experience with the organizers themselves. The The group was just slow to to, to adjust to changes in the industry that just, it was a mess. This was inevitable. Um, but anytime something like this happens, there's always the question, is this an isolated incident or is it a harbinger of things to come? And of course, because we are like two weeks away from CES, the industry is pointing to CES and going, are they next? And the answer is no. Uh, for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is uh, CES isn't just about the media. It's where buyers go to put their hands on stuff. Uh, you know, the executives from Best Buy are going to walk the show floor to figure out what stuff they're going to carry for Christmas 2024. They're, you know, it's it's more than just a media event. But also, CES is not afraid to, to bob and weave. The way they handled the... The digital event in 2021 was as solid as it could have been for a panic situation. Um, the the hybrid event in 2022, again, best it could have been. When the internet started to really become a place that, that the media lived, 
they embraced it hard while E3 went, I don't know. This internet might be a fad. Uh, CES isn't afraid to, to, you know, embrace trends. Sometimes for the worse, the branding for CES 2024 is all AI generated. And I hate it. Um, but, you know, it's, they do embrace trends uh, in the industry and around. So, no, CES is not next. E3 was an isolated event because the people were terrible. Um, that's that's my perspective on it. I, what do you think, Abram? Yeah, I mean, I think the issue is that E3 games are a little bit easier to do remotely than a show that has so much hardware involved. Yeah. Uh, so I... I mean, unless we're just going to say that we no longer want to have uh, trade shows at all. But if you're going to have trade shows, there, there. What I think one thing we learned during the you know height of the pandemic is you really can't substitute a virtual show. I mean, yeah, you're right. CES did an okay job, but as well as they as they um, could have. They implemented a bad idea as well as they could. <laughs> but it, it just like you, you just see the thing about trade show. So first of all, the shows don't exist for the media. We're the media. So we think they exist for us. Yeah. Uh, and certainly people who are readers and viewers, they want to know what happened at CES because uh, it's interesting to them, but they wouldn't hold these shows just to get some publicity. It's too expensive. They hold the shows to to try to sell things and not mm -hmm. to sell things to the general public, not to sell right. things to uh, to to people, to individuals, but to sell them to to buyers. Now, and, and most of the companies that are there at CS, there's a hallway for those who haven't been. There's like thousands of booths and a lot of them are companies that have no interest in being covered by the media at all. Mm -hmm. They're like tiny little uh, vendors who are selling, you know, all kinds of little things, and they maybe they may not even be selling it under their own brand. It's like, oh yeah, you know, do you want do you want to make some some case fans or something for computers? Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll we'll manufacture for you and put your name on it or, or whatever. Or they're so or they're making or they're making chipsets and sensors for other things. Right. So it's not, um, so most of the stuff there is not that exciting. Um, but it's, I think it's really hard because now I, I don't know. And actually this, I would be fascinated to one day meet someone whose job it is to go to CES and form like, and buy as a buyer to like buy stuff for, I guess who are they buying it for? I mean, either they're buying it for a retailer, mm -hmm. uh, which in the United States there aren't that many electronic retailers left. Um, I once I once or, had a conversation with uh, the vice president of product for Best Buy standing in a booth at CES. Right. So the thing though that gets me is Best Buy doesn't like. Does Best Buy need to go to CES to see these things? I'm sure any company that they want 
would fly out to Best Buy headquarters and show them whatever they want. But but they get to discover things that they wouldn't know existed if they weren't just wanting See, the show. That's and that's the thing. That's and that's what I want to say. It's the same thing for the media, right? Like it's the discovery, discovery of things. And you the when you have an online show, there's no discovery because everything is the same. So so you know, the press material everybody gets is the same. The answers people get are the same. You like you you don't learn anything. Yeah. Um, that there's no so it's walking down boring. There's no the two of us walking down a hallway, an aisle together, having a conversation and both seeing this weird watch off to the side and going, What's that? Yeah, right. So <laughs> right. There's there there's nothing, you know, so I don't know. Does the best buy buyer go down the go down and say, Oh, what's that? Maybe I want to stock it at Best Buy. Uh, I'm sure that's what, um, what the sellers are hoping for. It absolutely uh, has to be discovered like that. It's how, it's how I ended up talking to the, the person from Best Buy is we were both at a little booth at a little stall and both of us had stopped and gone, what's this? And, uh, Yeah. And we started talking because the one person at the booth was talking to somebody else. And so he and I started talking. So I'm like, oh, you're actually with Best Buy, not just have the logo on your thing like the rest of us. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, it's pretty cool that you have um, that kind of thing going on. And, and that, and, but you know, I don't know. Is that what did that happen at E3? Was there a possibility for that to happen at E3? Even see, E3 was a media event, and I, that was part of its problem. Is they didn't understand what a trade show was because you know it's not like there was some little publisher there with a booth in the corner. And an executive from GameStop was going to walk by and go, well, you need to carry your thing. Because if they were going to put it on a disc and have it available for consoles, a publisher was doing that. And that publisher had already contacted GameStop. So the buyers had no value there. Maybe that's where somebody from Microsoft starts talking to somebody from Bethesda about buying the company, but probably not. It was a media right. event. And that's just a circus because it's not like, so yes, CES is a media event in addition to a lot of other things, but there's, there's oddities with the media there at E3. Everybody's there to cover the games that are announced, maybe to get a scoop from talking to somebody, but you don't get to talk to a whole lot of people. So probably not. Um, but at CES, you've got scouting producers from Shark Tank. You've got, you know, there's all this oddity, even just in the media, walking around uh, Eureka Park going, Hey, Robbie, tell me about this. Do, do you maybe want to do, come on Shark Tank? Let me get you an application. Let's get started. You know, there, there's interesting stuff that happens there that may not happen 
again, it's the wandering around going, what's this? That that makes it interesting. And lots of different types of people wandering around going, what's the chip booth? There was none of that at E3. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, obviously, uh, when we go to the show, we live for finding the things that we weren't supposed to find. People putting stuff, uh, both things that that are out there and we just hadn't heard of because the company is so small, or companies that we do know, but they put something on display that maybe they shouldn't have, or it happens every time. Somebody I, I, I mean, to some extent, in a box that wasn't supposed to. And so somebody at the trade I mean, show put it out. I mean, some of them are a little bit flippant about it. I mean, there's there's companies that we know that, for example, like they can show it's a little bit of a wink nod. Like they can show now maybe this isn't that important from like a news you can use perspective, but we 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 live for it. Um, you know, they'll put out, they'll have a laptop and they'll say, Oh, this laptop has the neck. We can't tell you because we're under embargo with Intel or something, or we're under embargo with NVIDIA. But this laptop has the next has the next generation Intel CPU or the next generation NVIDIA GPU. And they'll leave it there on the table. And then we will go and we'll go in, and we'll go into device manager and Windows. Yeah. And we'll try to see uh, what it says and we'll take a picture of it. And that'll <laughs> be a scoop. Like first you know, 15th gen, whatever, Intel CPU laptop shown, right? See, and Never mind that. That's why Intel announced yeah. announced their new processors now instead of at CES. They're just trying to get out ahead uh, of that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But, you know, what's the next one after? <laughs> the next one after? I mean, this is the... Um, uh, this is the... Um, the one for kind of thin and light uh, laptops. I think they, I think they may have more coming for gaming laptops or things like that. But yeah, yeah right. It's it's stuff like that that you, you know, that you look for. Or you know, there was a company that makes motherboards, and they had a bunch of motherboards hanging on the wall. And some of the motherboards that were hanging on the wall had like a chipset that hasn't been announced yet or something like. What can we really do with it? Not much, but here's a picture of, uh-huh. you know, here's a picture of this motherboard with a chipset that hasn't that that uh, hasn't officially been announced yet or whatever. So, um, you know, that kind of stuff you just just doesn't ha- happen virtually. But even even just getting a little bit of helpful insight. Like, oh, yeah, I picked up this keyboard or whatever, and I noticed this, and I asked about that. It doesn't happen. Like, even yeah. when they had that, I have to say that, like, it was pretty terrible. Like, I, I forget which event it was. Was it Pepcom or Showstoppers or one of those where they had a virtual event, and then you could, like, go into a chat room and chat with the company? And uh-huh. I think one of the companies, like, they'd come out with something really simple, like a charger, and I had a question about it, and they're like, yeah, so here's the press release. <laughs> Didn't even like, you know. But yeah. I read the press release. I had another question that wasn't covered. Yeah. Uh, See, for us, for us, digital CES wasn't for like for the live show. It wasn't really all that different, except I couldn't reach across the, the table and touch the demos. Uh, 
But, you know, it was me or Todd or Chris or Alante or uh, Marlo talking to somebody and asking questions. It was essentially this, right? Which is, I'm facing this way, and at CES, I face this way. It's... <laughs> uh, but yeah, with no, with no floor stuff and no ability to touch the things, it really does change change the experience significantly but with with games it's all digital <laughs> yes sure nyko could put out a new controller wouldn't it be nice to put your hands on it well they're gonna be at pax so put your hands on it at pax right or maybe they'll send you one <sighs> you know the, the the number of things i'm gonna have for people we're going to talk to at the on the live show at CES this year uh, in the next week is unbelievable. Like, E3 could have worked this, you know, gaming can work the same way, and it does. I So, stuff like the Summer Games Show, um, and interestingly, the Video Game Awards, which aren't an awards show anymore, they're just an E3 press conference, um, which I find fascinating. Yeah, that kind of stuff is going to fill in the gap just fine. Um, yes, the, ooh, I got to go to E3 kind of prestige isn't going to exist anymore, but I I don't care. I, I, I've been, I yeah. wasn't happy about it. Um, the best part of the whole thing was going to the Sony press conference with Cherie and then driving down to uh, uh, the Santa Monica Pier together. Like... It's a games conference. It's the thing I live for. I own a gaming center. And the highlight of E3 for me was driving down to the pier with Cherie in the middle of the night. Like, eh, that's not a that great That should be the sign. highlight of every... Uh, I think that's that true. was the highlight. But yeah, true, but, uh, true, beyond, true. beyond that, beyond that, yes, E3 can... So, yeah, I mean, nobody nobody misses it. Uh, I, guess that's, yeah. I guess that's the extent of it. Indeed. So we'll see how Summer Game Show and uh, the Video Game Awards in 2024 pick up the slack. I think the Summer Game Show has picked up the slack for the last three years anyway. Uh, it's basically been uh, E3 press conferences. And then the big three have been doing their own things anyway. You know, the the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase, the you know State of Play from Sony, you know. They, they do a great job of, uh, of putting stuff in your hands throughout the year. So I think the experience has gotten better without it. And uh, I think in a couple of years, we won't even really remember it uh, as an important part of the past. So, so long, E3. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. 
To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Speaking of confidence and peace of mind, that was shattered a little bit this week when the CMG Local Services... Services? Services? Solutions! I've been saying services all week. Solutions. Um posted a blog post um, basically claiming that they have access to all of the microphones that surround you. Um, Listen to, actively listen. They use the words actively listen to your conversations and uh, use that to build an advertising profile. Obviously, uh, there was a negative reaction to this, as one would expect. Um... The, uh, was it the Associated Press or Ars Technica? Ars Technica uh, reached out to them and were like, hey, so can you explain this? And they went, hold on a second. Took down all the websites that were associated with it. Um, The landing page is gone. The blog post that created all the trouble was gone. Of course, the internet is forever. So we have links to the Wayback Machine for both of them. Um... And they responded by going, no, 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 no. We're not actively listening. We get data from the from the providers, and then we, we work off of that. And ours was like, well, of course you do. For so many reasons, we were not calling you out for actively listening. We were calling you out for clearly lying about what your technology does. Because... Um, um. So that was that was ours response. So here's the thing. Could they be actively listening and sending data? Yes, there are examples of it. Amazon says that Madam A only listens when one of the what seven wake words are said, then starts listening and recording conversations. But a recording from an echo speaker, where her name was never said was used in a murder trial. So, you know, there's some trouble. Of course, the, the idea of actively listening is a little bit like all the time. Actively listening is a little far fetched because of the bandwidth requirement that, that Cox would need on their side. Um, and the processing power that the actual devices would need because they don't have the me- Meteor Lake. Is that what it is? Chips uh, in them. All right. I figured I'd just tie it back to the pilch point. Um, they, um, but yeah, obviously we know that Amazon is holding more information than they say. But that's not CMG, the Cox Media Group. That's not CMG well, listening. That's, I think the question is... Did they let the cat out of the bag? Like they're an ad provider. Maybe right. they said the, maybe they, no pun intended. Maybe they said the quiet part out loud, right? Maybe, uh, maybe they, like they don't, maybe they betrayed a, a, a secret mm-hmm. that uh, is well known in the advertising uh, business or whatever, right. which is that they, which is that, like, yeah, I don't think CMG, like, where would they even have the tech on your phone? But, right. you know, this is probably, if this were happening, it would be happening at the OS level, right. uh, most likely. 
not at an individual app level or at a website level or something right. like that. So they would have to be getting active data from Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Samsung, TCL, you know, any of the TVs that have mics built in, Apple, Facebook. Now, of course, what if they had it from only a few? Right. What's, isn't that bad they enough? Could, <laughs> they could certainly they could certainly aggregate from a smaller group. And if you were able to get it from a couple of key locations, you'd have a ton of data. Right. Right. We know. Right. So, so the conspiracy theory has always been out there because apparently that's the theme of tonight. The yeah. conspiracy theory has been out there for a long time that if you have your phone near you and you say out loud, I'm really considering buying a purple hoodie within the next 24 hours, Facebook and Google are going to show you a lot of ads for purple hoodies. And I'm using that as an example because I used that in the past because I would never want a purple hoodie. It's just not me. And so I specifically said right. that it was something that I wanted because it's it's low impact and out of my advertising profile. And within 24 hours, I was seeing ads on Facebook and Google for purple hoodies. Now, right. I don't really use Google services except on our own website as one of the advertising providers. And I was seeing ads for purple hoodies on our website. <laughs> and I don't have right. Google stuff. <laughs> so. So don't you think that, I mean, it's really scary to think. And you would, I, and I would hope that with all of the like cybersecurity people out there who are trying to catch mm -hmm. things that they would catch, that they would catch this, that they would find out, you know, like monitor what your phone is sending and somehow see this. Mon monitor what's on the backside of your router when you're on Wi-Fi. See what your, when right. your speakers are pinging back to Amazon and Google. See when your phone is pinging to, to Facebook, Google, Amazon, whoever. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, I, I, I don't think that like this company itself is a technology company. I think that what they're saying is they have relationships with uh, companies that do gather this data, right. but does it matter who it is that's gathering the data? Like, well, I mean, it matters, but what I'm saying is the problem, the real problem is if anyone is doing it, Right. I, I would really like to see some, I remember seeing an article a few years ago saying, oh, it's, you would be surprised that they're not really listening to you. It's just so easy to get this kind of information uh, from your social circle and things like that. But you're right. Like right. what's the, the purple hood, purple hoodie right. stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Those kinds of things are fun. And one of the parents from uh, Team Duct Tape and I uh, had done some work together and we had lunch and we were having this conversation. So we tested it. Um, we, we each tested with different devices and different, you know, what we could get to happen. And yeah, I mean, with, a, with an iPhone and uh, Facebook, getting ads for the things I said out loud was really easy.
So is it possible, and I'm not saying that this makes it okay, that you said correctly so that if they were going to take all the audio that you say and send it off the device, that's a lot of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. uh, but what if it is what if what it's actually doing is it's happening on the device and it's sort of saying like okay they mention something that sounds like a product and it's sending it's doing text to speech or speech to text on the device and then sending which is not that difficult right i mean we have local text to speech on most mobile devices now right so what if it's taking what you say transcribing it and sending the text the text isn't much it doesn't have to send the whole audio it doesn't have to send the actual audio so here's here's a little bit from the ars article <clears throat> this is based on the old website that they took down the website previously pointed to CMG uploading past client data into its platform to make buyer personas. Then the company would identify relevant keywords for the type of person the CMG customer would want to target. Uh, active listening begins and is analyzed via AI to detect pertinent conversations via smartphones, smart TVs, and other devices. So that I'm, they're basically saying that that's what they're doing. Right. That it's listening yeah. for pertinent data, so, clipping that, and only holding that. And possibly, and somewhere in here, I don't remember, um, in the reply, uh, the company added that it does not, quote, listen to any conversations or have access to anything beyond a third-party, aggregated, anonymized, and fully encrypted data set that can be used for ad placement. Um, and somewhere they mentioned that it's text only, that they don't actually get the audio. So, yeah, it sounds like, let's say, Facebook is always listening, or Apple is always listening, transcribing when it thinks something is interesting, and pulling the, the text away, and leaving just letting the audio die um, at the device level. I mean, that would not be surprising to me at all. And that would alleviate the issues of bandwidth and uh, processing power to pull it to text locally and then just push text up because text is nothing compared to audio. And it's kind of what they're admitting to here. So the whole thing is, is fascinating and it makes me want to do these tests more uh scientifically because obviously what i did was non-scientific yeah. i just said it a couple of times over a six hour time period and then waited till the next day and started seeing ads but like <laughs> if i could do control stuff <clears throat> it would be fun i kind of want to now maybe i'll play around with that a little bit during our downtime yeah that's cool anyway it's really interesting. Um, CMG obviously is not a small organization. It's the Cox Media Group. It's one of the largest media companies in the country. Um, so they would have resources. They, they are related somehow to Charter slash Spectrum because Cox Cable was purchased by Charter. I don't know if the rest of CMG was. 
Um, this is one of those companies like Viacom that every time you blink, its ownership structure has changed. Uh, but, you know, it's not a small company. Uh, large media group. If they, they might still own radio stations and all kinds of stuff. So they have resources. They would be able to purchase this kind of data. But it means that this kind of data is out there. And that makes me unhappy. Uh, so, yes, um, that's the no that's joke. the thing. They have they have woken us up that the conspiracy theory could be real. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a political commentator out there that likes to say the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is six months. Um, <laughs> in this case, it's been a, a little bit longer than that, but not by much. Um, so, uh, my guess is we're going to see security researchers do stuff on this now. Uh, there's a couple who have, have said that they're on it. We'll see what happens. Um, if they can prove that this stuff is happening and that it's against, uh, the policies of the companies, which could be the case, uh, we will definitely hear about it in probably pretty short order. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So an interesting PSA of sorts. Uh, at the beginning of next year, the original version of Mickey Mouse is going to become public domain. So... It's an interesting situation. It's the first of the Disney creations that um, will enter the public domain. Um, and people are excited, but they also don't quite know what it means. So the original version of Mickey Mouse, black and white, uh, no voice, I think, just whistling from the uh, Steamboat Willie cartoon, um, will be hitting its 95-year mark at the end of the year. And therefore, will be available sans copyright. But, but, there are a lot of restrictions. The first is, it's only the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse has evolved a lot over the years. And um, only that version is going to be uh, public domain. But... The company still owns a lot of copyrights and trademarks on Mickey Mouse. For example, you cannot use even the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse as a corporate mascot or brand ambassador. Not an option. So, if you own a local business and you're like, I'm going to use Steamboat Willie to sell my pizza or whatever, don't do it. Disney's coming after you. As we know, Disney is a very litigious corporation they're going to vigorously um, protect the IP, as they always have. Mm -hmm. 
and although not litigious enough, in my opinion. In which case? Well, I will show you in a sec. I'm sorry. Okay. I will show you in a second okay. how uh, they have not been litigious at all to Stable Diffusion, who is blatantly stealing their IP. Yes. Well, yes. I I suspect they're working something up over there. Um, they didn't exactly say it in a in a conversation with the Associated Press, but it it was kind of hinted at because um, they talked specifically about vigorously defending their intellectual property um, in all forms of media. So I I suspect. Well. They may have been talking about that, but yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of content creators that are trying to figure out how to, how to deal with that. I mean, this is a company that sued a preschool for having a, a, a local artist make a mural in their, in their preschool. They're not afraid to, to protect their IP. Now, if you use anything over the line of Steamboat Willie, they're also going to come for you. And and the the representative was pretty clear on that too. So the thing that's important here is to know the line, and if you can't figure it out, don't get close to it. Stay away. It's not worth it. Yes, it's always fun to to deal with characters that you know and love, but if you don't understand where the line is, stay back because again, litigious corporation. All right, go, Avram. What have we got? Oh, I mean, look, so listen, consider this to be, what do you call it? Fair use because it's being used for commentary. Uh-huh. 100%. Here, here is, here I asked uh, this GIMP program in Stable Diffusion to generate, to generate Mickey Mouse. First of all, that's not the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse, right? No, it's not. It's in color for one. The red pants it's the red pants or whatever. I don't think that's the right look, right? Mm-hmm. Mind you, it cut the top of his head off, but uh, I asked again. I asked actually to show Mickey Mouse drink drinking a vodka. Uh, I don't Oof. think the vodka looks quite right, but but there. Uh, from but from my perspective, but it looks like a is. it looks like a glass of hot sauce. Yes, uh, I said Mickey Mouse smoking. This isn't didn't do a great job with the smoking, but it's clearly Mickey Mouse. So it looks a little bonded. Doesn't look like they're being very, very vigorous in protecting their uh, their IP when I can make when uh, Stable Diffusion and other image generators can make this and like this this looks good. It's not like yeah. Remember, I think a few months ago I was showing you Runway. Uh, mm-hmm, that one's mm-hmm. not not quite as good. It just appeared. Uh, I have to say, it wasn't like I'm really trying to do something outrageous, and I wouldn't do it. I asked it to like have, you know, Mickey taking drugs or something like that. Like that would be really, like, really offensive to yeah. to the to to Disney. Not because I want to offend them, but because I want to show that like they they're not like these image generators are pre- being pretty flagrant in yeah. violating uh fair use now to be fair 
no no pun intended right <laughs> i guess if it stays on my computer and i don't post it to the internet then um then who's the wiser right except that um except you know except for the fact that uh, stable diffusion and other companies that do image generation are profiting like mm -hmm. they're making money they're charging people i mean this model that i have it was free but they are charging people money for their services uh and of, and of course it goes to their stock valuation and things like that so you know they're flagrantly uh using uh mickey mouse and other disney i'm sure if i asked for donald duck it would give me that too yeah. um uh, other trademarked uh properties copyrighted and trademarked proper uh ip yeah, and, it's true. Uh, letting... Yeah, it's 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 a good point for sure. Um, you know, it's it's been a contention of ours since the beginning of this trend, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's Disney does not seem to be vigorously uh, pursuing this. Although, what's happening behind the scenes, who knows? But yeah, you're absolutely right, uh... and they're. And they're profiting off of it, which is, you know, one of the I mean, I, I, big issues. I don't understand why they wouldn't have already issued a cease and desist or sued because mm -hmm. we have small time, you know, artists and small time uh, writers suing OpenAI yeah. and Google and, and Stability AI. Uh, and they don't have the resources that Disney has to go after yeah. these folks. And, you know, and this stuff has been going on for more, more than a year. So, I mean, I, so I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't protect. I mean, obviously they're not protecting their IP because like, if they had some type of agreement with stability or, or one of those that would what i just did wouldn't work right like it's like notice uh notice that the music and we talked about this with google music uh was it google's music lab also right mm -hmm. All, there the ai people are scared to seemingly scared to death of music of getting sued by music companies yeah. but have no fear of uh, movie companies, mo you know, of visual arts or video or, or um, writing of stealing those things. But music, they're definitely, they're, they're really afraid because, um, you know, they, I guess, I guess they realize that that could be a problem. I mean, we, I mean, the, the precedent is out there. I mean, look at how many lawsuits we've seen over just like a particular beat right yeah just a little bit of a of a beat or whatever or a melody you know Rhea that is an sounds active organization. Too, too similar yeah it sounds too similar but you know I, I mean look yes disney will come out i'm sure disney will come after uh like you said someone who uh small business that tries to set up shop and uh make money off of steamboat uh, Willie, but you know, in a way, it's really not fair because why aren't they coming after this incredible heist 
that's yeah. happening right now don't think it's been going on too long for them to to say that they don't know this is happening yeah it's true it it is an interesting situation um because they they go after individuals and organizations for direct theft like direct look you you person painted wall or you company are making counterfeit shirts like they go after that immediately, but they've left this alone for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I, I, they, they sued the preschool within a week of the, the thing being done. Yeah. I don't even know how they found out about it. I just know that Universal yeah. sent their artists to go replace the mural with entirely Universal characters. But... <laughs> <laughs> Right. One one of the benefits of it happening in Florida is they're both here. Um but right. yeah, it's it's an interesting point. Um they're they're talking about vigorously enforcing their their IP protection on one side and completely ignoring it on another. So, I don't know. Yep. But like we always say, especially when it comes to Disney and or Nintendo, be careful. Both are uh, litigious, especially against individuals and companies. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live viewers. If, uh, if you joined us on Instagram, tell us how that went. Because I think you only saw the middle of the frame. Which is interesting. So tell me, tell me how that went. I put the link in the chat on how to get to the actual thing. Um, if you joined us elsewhere, uh, we appreciate that. If uh, you didn't and would like to in the future, normally Sunday night to 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Um, but unless we're able to do a special episode midweek at some point, I don't know that we're going to have another show until CES. Uh, because of the way this I mean, works I'll out. be around. That's up to that's okay. up to you. I'll so be around. We'll try and do something mid next week, um, so that we can have another show before the end of the year. Um, so watch out for that. Um, and uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram, and we'll see you back next time. Ciao.